about to win so big. Tell me, hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me, what's the program? 25 days of cush. Yeah, get with the program. Show them what they wave, get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. The TTD boys are back in the building, back in the booth. And we are not alone. We had a big day yesterday. It was National Signing Day. Big day for Virginia Tech. And in order to celebrate that, we decided it was only fitting to have our friend of the show, Coach Cheetah, on the pod to help break this thing down. Coach, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm great. Um, I'm, I'm relieved. I rested well last night. Um, you know, that we got everything accomplished yesterday that we wanted to get accomplished. And to be honest with you, man, um, mindset is focused on the next class. I like that. I like that. Always working, always grinding, man. I like that about you. Well, you got to do it. You know, one of the things that um, is very important in what we do are the relationships that you establish. And those relationships nowadays are two to three years as opposed to a couple of months. And, you know, we got here last year and we were not even able to get a lot of the top players in the state of Virginia to um, entertain us because they didn't have any relationships at Virginia Tech. And we were late to the party, even though it was a year away from signing day. And we were able to establish relationships with a lot of the young men um, that you saw us sign yesterday. But we've also established relationships with guys at the same time that'll be signing a year from yesterday. So that'll give us two years um, in the process as well. And when you establish relationships, that's a big part of the reason you're able to sign guys. Yeah, I thought it was very telling that we were able to have the season that we had and not have anybody leave the boat. Everyone stayed. I thought that was very telling of not only the type of player that was recruited, but also the people who were doing the recruiting, which was y'all. Yeah, you know, that, that's one of those things that, you know, you're recruiting young men um, and they're watching and observing. And kids that you recruit, you want to know football. You want to know that they know what it takes to win. Um, and I think those kids were able to see that. But at the same time, I think those kids um, were looking at the guys that they'd have to compete with coming into the program and feeling as if they'd have a chance to play early. That's just the reality of it. Um, if I'm a guy and I'm making a decision, I'm looking at who's there and how do I stack up against those guys. And I know for a fact a lot of these young men were doing that. But more than anything else, I think it was the opportunity for a lot of them to play together. You know, when you're recruiting, you have to have a strategy. And that strategy is to unite the guys that you are recruiting. You know, one of the things about me in particular um, in my room is I'm very open and honest with the guys that I'm recruiting that I want to establish a climate or a culture in that room of competition. And I tell them that up front because I don't want guys that don't want to compete because those are guys that I'm going to be trying to keep here year in and year out. If things don't work out where they're not playing, you know, they're going to be looking to go elsewhere. I want guys to understand that in order for them 
to elevate their game, they have to be on their P's and Q's every day. And there's no better way to do that than to have somebody right next to them on each side in the meeting room that could take that spot if they don't do the things that they're supposed to do. I don't want anybody coming into my room and being comfortable or getting complacent because complacency leads to failure. And I think that's a lot of the reason that we were not successful this year because we didn't have a lot of that competition in various rooms. And we have to establish that. I am so glad that you brought that up because that was one thing that Coach Beamer did so well. He got players that knew each other and were friends or played at rival high schools. And I think it also helps with the team chemistry. You know, I, I'm glad that you hit on that because Coach Beamer used to do that. And a lot of people might not realize it might be something underrated, you know, might have flew under the radar, but that actually really helped with success. Well, when you look back at Virginia Tech and when Virginia Tech was winning, that's exactly what the roster was. The roster wasn't made up of a bunch of national recruits. The roster was made up of a bunch of guys from Virginia, um, Florida, South Carolina. And what happens is when you get guys um, that are from Richmond, per se, um, those are popular guys, Raylan Johnson, Cam Fleming, Antonio Cotton. Well, there's somebody that's in the 10th grade or ninth grade right now in Richmond that has looked up to these guys for the last couple of years. They just saw Fleming and um, Braylon win a state championship. They want to be like that. So all of a sudden now they get a chance to see those guys playing in a Virginia Tech uniform. That's half the recruiting battle in itself. Um, those guys grow up watching each other. And so you can feed off of that year in and year out as long as you've got guys on your roster that are from areas that you're going to be recruiting. You know, we didn't have a lot of guys uh, from the state of Virginia um, to be able to use that strategy for uh, when we inherited this program. And we knew right away that's something that we had to do. And we'll continue to do that. We'll be able to go into Northern Virginia. We'll be able to go into the Richmond area, 757 area now. And there will be guys present on this football team that these guys have watched play throughout high school um, that they want to be a part of something that they are part of already. And that just makes things a lot easier. And hopefully you'll look up three to four years from now and that'll be the culture of our program. Yeah, it's, uh, you notice like <clears throat> anytime you get, you know, you can get several kids from Highland Springs and you can get kids from Stonebridge and you can get kids from DeMatha and you can get kids from uh, eventually, you know, like Oscar Smith Beach area. Um, those are like traditional powerhouse football programs around that you definitely want to have like a pipeline in and i think that we've definitely set especially in richmond the groundwork has definitely been set for that and that has been incredible to see and uh definitely i'm glad you brought up the carolinas because you know there's a lot of like this is home but like north carolina like some of those schools are only like what two hours from blacksburg like it's not it's not far so yeah I recruit Charlotte and I can, I get to my hotel at two hours and 36 minutes from my house. Um, so yeah, it's not far at all. And I've got a really deep history of recruiting Charlotte, got a lot of relationships there. So looking forward uh, to dipping down into that area um, as we move forward. And naturally I'm a South Carolina native, so that's home for me. So we'll be able to do a lot there too. And again, I can be at my parents' house in three and a half hours. So a lot of those places are very, very close to Blacksburg, even though a lot of people don't realize it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, we always recruit the 757 and the Richmond area really tough, you know, really hard. 
we've always hit that hard, but I think people overlook how close North Carolina is sometimes. Yeah, and, um, you know, you're an ACC school. You're playing against the teams in North Carolina, whether it's North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke, or Wake Forest. So these guys get a lot of exposure to it. And then when you take the atmosphere that we have, you know, we have an atmosphere that's one of the best in America. You know, so we have a lot of tools to be able to sell to a lot of guys. But more than anything, those guys can look and say, okay, my parents can drive four hours there and four hours back to see me play for four years. And those things make a lot of, um, have a lot of impact when kids are making decisions. Speaking of South Carolina, you went down there and you got yourself one. He, we thought maybe he might be a running back, but he's going to be a cheetah. Thomas Williams. Yeah. I know you're excited about that guy. Um, do you have enough chairs in your DB room? Because I feel like we got like 19 defensive backs coming in <laughs> this class. Yeah, we definitely have enough uh, chairs in the DB room. And what Coach uh, Pearson Prelo and I want to do is we want to be able to, one, as I told you earlier, establish that climate of competition. But at the same time, we want to be able to recruit a bunch of guys that are versatile. Um, when you look at a lot of the guys that we signed, you'll notice that a lot of those guys played on both sides of the ball. A lot of those guys were running backs. A lot of those guys were receivers. And the philosophy behind that is you have to have ball skills in order to be an effective DB. You know, we have to have guys that know how to adjust to the ball and can make plays on the ball because turnovers and interceptions are a big part of playing in the secondary. Um, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, slot receivers are very, very dynamic guys you got to have guys that can play slot receivers to cover slot receivers. <laughs> you know, So that's just the thought process on it. Um, but what we wanted to do is to be able to get our number up um, to where, where, where we need to be in order to play the defensive scheme. Um, at the end of the year, I only had six scholarship guys in my room, um, and the number is nine in the corner room. You know, three guys departed, so that leaves you basically with um, three scholarship guys in the corner room and one tweener guy. Well, we've got to get that number up. That's why you see such a high volume of guys. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to build our program um, per Coach Pry with high school kids. We'll fill some spots through the portal. We'll patch it up. But if you look at the NFL, the teams that are winning Super Bowls are winning Super Bowls primarily with guys that they drafted. You know, they bring in pieces here and there. But if you don't draft well, you're probably not going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Well, you have to move that philosophy to um, college now. The teams that are winning, the teams that are really good are teams that have established a foundation of recruiting good high school kids. And um, that's the level of what we've got to do. So we were aggressive in going out, getting those numbers. Um, you probably won't see that many numbers in the future because those guys will hopefully be with us for years to come. And then we'll still trickle some other high school guys in. But this was really our first year in doing that. That's why you saw such a high volume of guys. Now, Coach, I got to give props to one of your fellow coaches on the staff, Fontel Mines. He is him, bro. Like, he came into Richmond and said, this is, you know, this is my home, this is where I'm from, and just took over. What is it like working with him? Man, awesome, man. Fontel's a great guy. I've known Fontel um, for many years. I spoke at an NFLPA deal several years ago, and he was there. And one of the things I talked to those guys about was um, networking and staying in contact with people and not expecting, you know, that you're going to get a college coaching job because you played in the NFL. 
because playing and coaching is different. And Fontel did just that. He stayed in contact with me. Uh, he was coaching at Richmond at the time. And um, he would stay in contact with me, whether it was through Facebook Messenger or just sending me a text, you know, for no reason at all. And when we were looking for a receiver coach last year, um, you know, we were all trying to search and see the best fit. And Coach Pry wanted a guy that had a very, very strong presence in the state of Virginia. Uh, that was the criteria. And uh, we looked far and wide. Uh, we had some really good candidates. But, you know, Fontel brought such an impressive resume to the table. You know, you're talking about a guy who was a very popular high school player at Hermitage High School um, here in the state of Virginia. Uh, went on to play at the University of Virginia and had a stellar career there. Went on to play in the NFL. But more so than that, the guy has coached at uh, Old Dominion. He's coached at uh, Richmond. And I think maybe James Madison as well. Um, but you're talking about a guy that had a lot of contacts uh, already um, that were good. And the fact that he's a popular, well-respected guy in his hometown of Richmond was just a slam dunk for us. And he didn't disappoint. You know, I've been on the road with him. We worked hand in hand, you know, in recruiting a lot of these guys. And it just makes it easy when the guy walks into a school and the principal comes out to, to meet him and the secretaries know who he is and their school teachers come out, you know, to say hello to him. And that's every single school you go to. I remember going to a basketball game with him last year. I think it was Holland Springs in Verona. And the guy had a line of people standing in line to talk to him, you know, the whole time we were at the basketball game. And it's just a credit to the relationships he's established early in his career that he was able to come uh, to Virginia Tech and go into schools with the Virginia Tech logo and get a lot of guys that were very highly sought after. I'm definitely grateful for him because he made my, my job real easy. Side note. Uh, when Fontel was at JMU and he got married, my first cousin did all the signage for his wedding. She told really? me that the other day. Yeah, it's kind of small world. So I told him that he's like, "Yeah, my you know my wife handled all that," but I remember, and I was like, "Yeah." But to my point, another guy I'm real excited about, and especially after talking to Rock all the time about him, was Dante Lovett. Um. When you were up there visiting, he said, did you ever get any mumbo sauce? They ever take you to a carry out or anything up in PG, up in Maryland? No, I, I didn't get a chance to do a whole lot. Um, Dante's mother actually took me to a nice little diner. But most of the time when I was going to see Dante, I was kind of in and out, you know, on the move. So I didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time there uh, doing that. You know, my plan is to get back up there and to, go see a lot of the key DBs in that DMV area. So I do need some suggestions um, if you guys got any for me up there. But, you know, Dante's a guy that um, I was very excited about from day one. And um, I spent a lot of time communicating with Rock uh, because I know he knows the area. And he's one of the first guys that he told me about uh, last year. You know, he talked about his skill set, talked about his upside and things like that. And, you know, he was spot on. I mean, when you look at Dante's film, uh, from his junior year compared to his senior year. Although he was good his junior year, he was phenomenal his senior year. And that's what you want to see when you're recruiting guys. Uh, you want to see guys that continue to improve. And, you know, Dante's a guy that's very explosive, very competitive. He has really good size. And so I'm excited about, you know, the things that he can do for us. You know, we're looking for guys that are versatile enough to be able to move inside and play nickel for us because we want to be able to play man coverage. And he's the guy that we pinpointed early on that could be one of those guys for us. 
Now we got another guy from North Carolina. We got Traylon Mitchell. This is a recruit that I'm really excited about. I, I like this guy a lot, Coach. Can you talk about him some? Yes, he's very, very fast. <laughs> That's what I like about him. <laughs> he's very fast. Um, you know, he's a guy that has uh, what we call position flex. You know, he's a really good running back, but he can do a lot of different things. But, you know, speed is something that we had to uh, add to our locker room, add to our football team. And so when you look at Traylon, um, you look at Thomas Williams, you look at Takahi, those are fast guys. Dante loved it. You know, because the guys that you sign are not only offensive and defensive players, they're special teams players. And I think if you look at the season that we had this past year, whether it was good or bad, special teams play a pivotal role in whether or not you win or lose. So a lot of those guys, because of the way they can run, will improve our special teams immediately. And everybody's not going to get on the field right away. So that's a quick way to get on the field. But, you know, when you have guys that have decent size and can run the way that he can run, you know, you're headed in the right direction. Speaking of uh, Antonio Cotman, that was interesting because he was like the first person, I think, that Hokey Twitter identified as a potential big target for the 23 class way back in the spring. And then it was kind of like he didn't come. He went to Boston College. And then all of a sudden, boom, like, I'm not going to Boston College. I'm coming to Virginia Tech. Could you kind of like go into that process a little bit of how you were able to like, you know, keep that relationship and then and then close it at, in the final hour? Well, um, Antonio was the very first defensive back that I had communication with um, when I got hired last year. Matter of fact, our first day out on the job, we went by Life Christian High School, and I can remember having a phone conversation um, with him. And just telling him that I wanted him to watch our bowl game against Mississippi State so that he could see how my guys play. That's that's how um, aggressive we were in trying to get him because we knew the names right off the bat of guys in the state that we needed to be targeting in the 23 class. And he was right there at the top of the list as far as defensive backs. And he's a very unique kid. He's a very intelligent kid. Um, you know, he wants to deal with animals. So he and I have had a lot of conversations about my love for animals and you know, the whole cheetah philosophy. And, you know, he and I both like to watch Animal Planet and things like that. So we had a very unique relationship. And uh, we stayed in communication, you know, throughout the entire process. And uh, when he made his decision to go to Boston College, and most people are not going to believe this, I never doubted the fact that we'd have a chance to get him because I knew the nature of our relationship. But more importantly, I knew the pros and cons of him coming to Virginia Tech, um, being a guy from Richmond, being a guy that um, is from the same area as a lot of other guys that I felt at the time that we were going to sign. And I think that's ultimately what happens. You know, you look around and he's from Richmond, just like Cam and Braylon. And he sees those guys success. Those guys just won state championships. So their name has been amplified on the news and in the newspapers around town. And people are talking about him. Uh, he's been around these guys and played with these guys since they were youth. Um, so you look at it and you start to say, um, these will be great guys to play with. I know that I can win with these guys. I know that I can help elevate a program playing alongside guys like that. And it was just more so, I think him and his family looking at it in the end saying, okay, do we really want to pass up this opportunity? 
you know, recruiting can take a lot of twists and turns. Um, there are different coaches recruit you, coaches come, coaches go. But at the end, kids have to go where they're comfortable and where they feel like they're going to be comfortable for um, the remainder of their the entirety of their careers, regardless of what happens. And I think um, when you look at when a guy commits, as opposed to when a guy signs, you know, there's a lot of maturity in between that. And I think just talking to him and dealing with him, he matured past the recruiting process and focused more on the reality of what he really wanted. And I think that's how we ultimately got him in the end. It came down to relationships, not only with us as a staff, me as a position coach, but I also think relationships with the young men that he's going to be playing with. Now, we saw something really cool yesterday, and we saw the war room and how it was set up like the like an NFL draft. Whose idea was it? How much planning went into that? And who all was involved? Well, uh, naturally, I think the, the, the idea was the head coach. And I would like to take credit for that, but I had nothing to do with any of that. Uh, <laughs> none of us coaches had anything to do with it because we've all been out on the road. So I have to give a huge hat off to our administrative staff, Mike Hazel and his staff. But more importantly, man, our recruiting staff and operation. Uh, obviously, while we've been on the road the last couple of weeks, they've been making that their baby. And they put a lot of time into it, a lot of attention to detail. And literally the first time we saw it was when we walked up there um, about 6.30 yesterday morning. And they just explained to us what we were going to be doing. And it just flowed. You know, we spent a lot of time together. The personalities of our coaches mix. A lot of us have known each other before we got here. Um, you know, you got a lot of good recruiters on that staff. You got a guy like Sean Quinn, who's been a head coach, you know, so all of that's just us and our personalities. But the background of it, the foundation of it was a huge, huge um, act of our administrative and recruiting staff. Were those magnets or stickers that had the names on that you were putting on the board? Those were magnets. Yeah, they had, okay, mag cool. they had magnets made for every kid. Y'all out on the road doing all this recruiting. How much of a comfort was it to you knowing that when it came time to bring these kids on campus that you had a director of on-campus recruiting that was absolutely going to nail it and do her job to the, to the utmost ability in Jalen Blinn? Oh, easy. I mean, it's just like handing the baton off in a relay. Um, she does an excellent job. But, you know, the thing about our staff as a whole, um, and when you zero in on that recruiting staff, Mike Villagrana and uh, Jalen Boleyn and that group, they do a phenomenal job of maintaining their own personal relationships with these kids and their parents. Um, they talk to these kids and their parents just as much as we do. So they have their established relationships. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to talk to Dante Lovett and Chantel, and then all of a sudden they get to campus and it's the first time they've talked to or seen Jalen. You know, Jalen communicates and talks to them all the time. Um, all of them have a direct line of contact to her and she embraces it. So it was just easy to be able to do that with any and every guy that we brought on campus. And, you know, the crazy part about down the stretch, we can't always be there for the entire time on official visits. So they're spending a lot of time with them. I mean, take, for instance, uh, we have an official visit the same time they have a state championship games. Well, we have to be present at those state championship games because we're trying to sign guys from those teams and we're trying to recruit guys from those teams for next year. But you've got guys on campus for the one time you get them on campus for 48 hours and you're not there. But there's no 
worry whatsoever because those guys do a phenomenal job of using their own personalities. I mean, I think Lino plays Madden against everybody that we even think about signing. And everybody loves Lino and, and Jalen. And it's just you know, Rob, so many of those guys um, around that program just have their own personalities in recruiting. So that's the reason that we were able to land a lot of these kids because I think the parents and the kids felt not only comfortable with us as coaches, but comfortable with our entire operation. So another thing that I really like that you all have done as well is you've made Virginia Tech, you've embodied this, this is home slogan. And it's became like a community, like a family. And we saw our guy, Tony Roby come up there. And I thought that was so cool, but it seems like all of the coaches for all the sports are just all on the same page right now. So I think you guys have done a really good job about that. And I just thought it was awesome, man. How, how has it been getting to know the other coaches and getting them involved? It's been great. You know, one of the things that I remember when we first got hired was uh, Whit Babcock came and talked to us. And that was the thing that he talked about. You know, he talked about this is home, what it meant. He talked about the importance of getting to know other people throughout the athletic department and supporting everybody else. And I embraced it. Um, you know, a lot of us are in the building together, so we pass each other a lot. Uh, you know, we have the cafeteria upstairs that we're often in. But more than anything else, just going to support. Um, I don't think I enjoyed anything more last year when I first got hired than going to girls' basketball games. You know, the gym is right there. My family wasn't here. I was living in a hotel, so I didn't have a rush to be <laughs> go to the uh, residence inn at night. So when they played, I would always go to their basketball games. And I got to know the young ladies' names and uh, really got excited and allowed me to be a fan and just watching and admiring Coach Brooks and the way he ran that program and then naturally getting the chance to go to some boys' basketball games. And um, I was familiar with Coach Young already because he was at Wofford for a long time and I'm a Spomberg County native. So we knew a lot of mutual people. So I knew a lot of people that went to Wofford and then just seeing a guy come from that area, you're going to always root for him. And he's been great in embracing us and um, extending invitations uh, for us and our families to come uh, hang out with him and his wife. So it just creates that family atmosphere. You know, I love watching the wrestling team and, and how they work. You know, naturally coaches had a lot of success, but, you know, just running to them in different places in town and having conversations with them. And I'm a track guy myself, so I enjoy track and field. I ran track in college. So being able to go over and watch them and their success. And we know our Bates baseball team had a good run this year. So everybody rallied behind them, our girls softball team. And just that's the way it's supposed to be when you're in a community like this, where the college itself is the major source of entertainment uh, for everybody. You know, this is not a big city where there's a lot of other things to do. You know, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech sports is the main thing um, here. So it's easy to get involved in a lot of the things that you may not normally be involved in if you were in another setting or environment. I could have used you a couple weeks ago. I went to uh, women's basketball, uh, what was it, the 11th of December, and um, I've become pretty close with the wrestling team so uh ethan came down and got me and took me up through the castle side up into the wrestling facility well when i had to leave i had to leave by myself and it brought me down through merriman and i had no clue where i was i got lost in football which was a happy accident i guess but uh i was like i don't know how to get out of this building but uh that hallway where you hit the button and the Andrew Sandman comes on that brought me great joy, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, 
you can say all like you said everybody's together like in the athletic facility so it's glad to see that the the community is real yeah we're gonna have to get my guy dan a map next time coach <laughs> a lot a lot of it in that building is trial and error it took me a while to figure it out myself but once you realize that you're going the wrong way a couple of times uh it becomes pretty easy uh with the basketball arena and everything being connected it is kind of easy to get twisted up in there because you got several different floors but it doesn't take long, very long you come down sometime i'll give you a tour around what was your favorite place to eat when you were on the road recruiting coach well, for me, you know, being able to recruit um, South Carolina, I'd say is probably the perk because I grew up there and I've got a lot of places in small towns in the state of South Carolina that I like to eat. And none of them are like mainstream restaurants. You know, there's a pizza over in Greenville, South Carolina that I've eaten at since I was a kid. And it's kind of nostalgic. You know, anytime I'm close to there, I want to go there and get me a cheeseburger, um, fries and onion rings and a milkshake. Um, South Carolina has a restaurant called Clock in a lot of small towns that has probably one of the most uh, broad menus that you'll see. And it's a place where a lot of older people actually go to eat dinner every day. So you can go to Clock and get a cheese cheeseburger, but you, don't, you can also get a hamburger steak and mashed potatoes. So places like that are the best for me. But, you know, I would say um, we were together a couple of weeks ago in Charlotte. Well, not last week, I think it was. And there's an Eddie V's downtown Charlotte. And um, Coach Pride and Coach Pilo had never been to Eddie V's. And that's a spot that I frequent because I stay at the Marriott across the street from it a lot. And it's a really nice place. Um, the food is really good. The service is excellent. So I'd say this cycle right here, Eddie V's has to get the nod. There's an Eddie V's and Tyson's Corner that's immaculate. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, the one in Pittsburgh is actually extremely good, too. So I'm going to say it's probably just the whole establishment. They must have just everything right, man. Yeah, they do. Um, Coach Pry, myself, and our wives have had a tradition for probably the last 15 years of meeting together on the Saturday of the National Convention and having dinner in whatever city it is. And I think I probably booked reservations for us for Eddie V's about six months ago just to ensure that we got them because at the time, Coach Pry, Amy, nor my wife had been to an Eddie V's, and so that was going to be their first experience. But – Coach Pry has already had the experience now, so we'll have to let it be the first experience for our wives when we get down there in a few weeks. It'll be interesting to hear the uh, rave reviews from Amy and, and the Queen Cheetah for sure on that one. Um, Coach, we appreciate the aggressiveness in which the staff hit the portal, you know, once the season ended in the way that you guys were able to also – shore up the recruiting class because we're kind of used to limping through signing day where this time it felt like we carried a lot of them. We built more momentum the closer signing day got, and then they were able to add, you know, you added to the top of the class versus, you know, hoping to fill out some of the bottom of the class because you had the top of the class leave or something, you know? So we do, we absolutely 1000% appreciate that and being able to say Merry Flipmas and it wasn't in pain, it was in happiness. So thank you very much for that. Well, man, I can't take credit for that, man. That's that's 100% credit to Coach Pry, his organization, his vision. And uh, that vision wasn't just yesterday. I mean, those things have been in place since day one. And, you know, we've been working on it. We believe we've stayed focused. Um, despite not having a great season, you know, we never lost momentum. We never lost confidence because 
we had confidence in what we were going to be able to do. We knew what we needed. Um, we knew where we needed to improve. Um, we knew we needed more competition within the roster. We knew we needed uh, better players um, in different positions or whatever. But that's something that we've been working on for a while. And I think when you start to assess and look at a head coach, that is really the telltale sign of who a leader of a program is. You know, because one thing about college football, if you're successful, you're going to lose the systems. I mean, if you go back and you look at, um, let's say, Nick Saban, and just look at the amount of assistance that he's lost uh, after national championship seasons, but he continues to build because of his recruiting philosophy, because of the expectations and the core values of a program, and because of everything that the program is built around. And you bring people in that have to conform to that. And I think, um, you know, you guys don't see it, but Coach Pry has a blueprint of what he wants to be successful. And our recruiting office has been diligent in building this thing um, for months. <laughs> We've been working on this for months. And even when you look at the transfer portal, the transfer portal can be a very tricky thing because when you talk about winning, you have to talk about culture. And you have to bring guys into your program that fit your culture. And the transfer portal is one of those things. You really only have about two weeks of courtship, <laughs> you know, to be able to get these guys. So we leaned on a lot of guys that we had prior relationships with. Uh, you have to have coaches that you know, whether they're at the institution that the young men are leaving from or the high schools that they come from. And that's how you want to fill your program because, you know, you can put months in to recruiting high school guys that fit what you want and getting to know them. But then all of a sudden you bring in five or six older guys that are good players that don't fit the culture. That's going to just derail everything that you've worked to build because you have to understand young players follow good players. When you get to college, you're going to follow somebody. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how highly recruited you were. When you get to college, there's going to be an upperclassman that you fall in behind. That's just human nature. We've all done it. Well, if I put a guy that's a really good player in my room that's not a good person or he has bad habits or he doesn't live right, then I've put a person that's going to be a good player in a leadership position for my young players because I'm not with my players all the time. They spend a lot more time with and around each other than they do us. I mean, if they're coming home with me after practice sitting at my house, uh, they don't have a very good life because I don't do a whole lot. You know, so you have to know who you're getting out of the portal. You know, you just can't look at a guy and say, this guy's a good player. We should go get him. Who is this guy? Why is he leaving the place that he's at? What are his habits? And these are the things that we were able to do with the young men that we're bringing in through the portal. And we feel good about them being immediate impacts for us on the field, but also being the type of leaders that we want um, in our locker room, in our meeting rooms, and on our football team. Yeah, and Coach Prime mentioned, I think, he said we had uh, 21 of our commits that were captains on their teams. Yeah, that's that's a strong, strong um, sentiment of mine that I learned from David Cutcliffe um, during my time at Duke and Ole Miss with him. And it was always very simple. You know, you recruit captains and you recruit winners. And when you recruit captains, you're recruiting young men that do a lot of things right. And when you go to recruit these guys, you go talk to their coaches and they tell you about them, but you walk around the hallways, you go into the cafeteria and you ask the custodians, 
you ask the cafeteria workers, tell me about this young man. How does he treat people? When everybody says positive things about these young men, you know you're getting the right people. And football is about leadership. Uh, we spend a lot of time as coaches trying to develop young men um, in ways that don't have anything to do with football. But when you can bring in products that have a lot of those characteristics already, you can focus more on the football. I have a simple saying, if I'm always trying to coach guys to do the things that they're supposed to do, it's taken away from me coaching them how to play the game. And when you have a bunch of guys on a team in a locker room that are not captains, it just causes a problem because you're spending a lot of time trying to teach them what a captain is. So why not go get a bunch of them? And you look at also, we had a lot of guys that won a lot of football games. Um, and that's been our recruiting philosophy um, since day one. We're going to go get guys that come from winning programs because they're generally going to be coached well. They're generally going to be disciplined young men. And it's hard to lose when you put a bunch of winners around each other. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to eliminate a lot of the distractions that guys who are not captains bring to programs. Speaking of <clears throat> captains and leadership, one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the cornerstones of the class, Braylon Johnson has been very vocal about with the, I guess with all the other recruits and, and maybe future recruits. And it's been a pleasure to just see him be so vocal and such a leader because that's not like, you don't, you know, that's not, that's just something you have. It's like an intangible in my opinion, like not everyone was built to lead. And I feel like that, that kid is built to lead. And I'm excited that he's going to be a Hokie. No doubt about it, man. Braylon is, um, without a doubt, a centerpiece of this class. Braylon is a natural captain. Um, Braylon, in my opinion, will be a captain of Virginia Tech's football team. And Braylon's going to be a guy that when he's done playing football with us on the collegiate uh, or professional level, I'm going to try to persuade him to come be a graduate assistant for me. I just think that highly of him. Um, you know, naturally, his dad's a coach, um, so he has a lot of pedigree of being that, but Braylon just takes the initiative to do a lot of things that you don't have to ask or tell him to do. You know, you watch and observe it. And what people don't realize is if Braylon Johnson doesn't come to Virginia Tech, Cam Fleming's not coming to Virginia Tech. And if Braylon Johnson and Cam Fleming don't come to Virginia Tech, Antonio Cotman's not coming to Virginia Tech. Braylon was without a doubt the ringleader of that whole thing. And he's been that way. And I can remember having an early conversation with Braylon in the recruiting process. And Braylon told me that Virginia Tech was not on his radar. You know, so we had more of a fight and battle than most. Um, because he's such a um, thorough young man. I think he knew exactly what he was looking for. And he had to have that. You know, his relationship with his position coach was going to be big. Uh, his observation of where he thought the program was going was going to be big. He observed us and our recruiting tactics and our aggressiveness and our personalities because I can remember him telling me, you know, that he wanted to get around me and he wanted to get around Coach Pratt to see if we could recruit players to come play with him if he came there. You know, so you're talking about a guy that's young, but a guy that has a vision for what he wants. And again, a lot of guys just have that it factor. And he's one of those guys that have the it factor. You know, I'm pretty sure if Braylon gets into any situation, um, before long, he's going to be in a leadership position. And those are the type of guys you want in your program. And Coach mentioned that we're going to have 11 guys enroll early. How critical is that to getting guys through spring ball as freshmen? 
it's huge. Um, it's huge for not only them, but it's huge for us, you know, because we have to be able to practice effectively in the spring um, to do some things. And we had some holes that we needed to fill, you know, to be able to get good quality practices in the spring and the off season work that we do. But I think when you bring young men in early, it's good for them to get acclimated um, to the expectations that they have without having to go into a season. Um, you learn very quickly the things that they need to improve on, whether it's strength, uh, whether it's focus, and you can spend a little bit more time doing that because as coaches, you're not preparing for a game in the spring. But just being able to get in and get those couple of extra months of work, uh, learning what college life is about, learning how to balance school, social life, uh, athletics, and all those things, it just helps them to mature faster, you know. Um, I think if they get an opportunity to do that, um, it's a good thing, but it doesn't necessarily ruin it for them if they don't. Um, but it's going to help our program um, being able to have those bodies um, around in competition drills, um, the hunger drills before we get started with spring ball and spring football as well. Yeah. No, another kid that I am excited about, he's actually Braylon's teammate, Kai Heath. The kid is versatile. I, I saw him play against Stonebridge, and I saw him play against Maury in the state title game. And just offense, defense, special teams, like there's nothing the kid can't do. Like, he's incredible. Yeah, uh, Takai is a complete football player. And we actually kind of recruited Takai on both sides of the ball early in the process, just not knowing um, who else we were going to get. And if you remember me saying earlier, um, that in order to play nickel, you have to be able to play slot receiver. And he is the perfect example of that. Very explosive, uh, very crafty, but that's what you want at a nickel as well, you know, to be able to do that. You know, in order to cover Josh Downs, you got to have somebody that can do what Josh Downs does. Um, and I think Takai is that guy. But, you know, uh, as selfish as it may seem be for me to want him to play nickel, the guy is phenomenal with the ball in his hands. And we've got to be able to put up points. We've got to be able to have guys that can make people miss. And that's how you win. You know, you don't win with play calls. You win with good players. <laughs> you know, and he's a guy that is good. He's proven that he can win. He's coming out of a Holland Springs program. And I watched that state championship game as well. And the reality of it is, if they don't have him, they may not win that game. You know, you think about him in the punt return game. You think about him playing wide receiver. I mean, the kid had an interception in the ball game. He had a huge impact on that state championship game. But not only that game in particular, probably the last three games that they played in the playoff, he was a very, very instrumental part of the win. When you go back and look at the stats and, and the momentum shifts or whatnot. And he shows up every week. You know, he came down here in a seven-on-seven -seven tournament um, this summer. And you saw just that, both sides of the ball, playing corner, playing safety, playing wide receiver, and all the kid does is make plays. So I'm overly excited about him. I'm glad we've got him because I think he's going to be an immediate impact in the ACC. Now, do you guys have to flip coins? Do you play checkers or do you arm wrestle for how you get a guy on defense compared to offense when you guys are fighting over one? Well, we're just glad to have that problem coming, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. you know, but the recruiting philosophy is, man, we just want to be able to go out. And what we do is we, we want to be able to go out and get the best skill guys that we could find. And, you know, it's good to have those arguments because when I'm arguing that a guy can play corner and Fontel is arguing that a guy can play uh, receiver 
or Coach Holt is arguing that a guy can play running back, you know we've got the right type of talent on that football team. And I'm the first to know how good of a running back Thomas Williams is. I had a chance to watch it in person, and he is electric or whatever. So if Thomas Williams helps us to win football games playing running back, I'll be all for that. But I know the kid can help us playing on this football team. So we want to get as many guys on our football team that can play the game, and that's just going to make Virginia Tech a household program. Another guy I'm top three most excited about because I feel like Size-wise, he's already ready. Caleb Woodson, straight dog out of Battlefield. Um, I guess he'll be coming in as a linebacker, but that I'm excited to see that man play defense, Coach. Yeah, I'm very excited to get Caleb. And Caleb was one of those guys down the stretch that had a lot of people tugging at him, um, and rightfully so. But Caleb is a guy that, um, you know, is a linebacker. He's going to grow. Um and can run, has ball skills, makes plays. I mean, you see him doing a lot of things on film and down the stretch this year that good football players just do. Good football players find ways to make plays. Good football players find ways to get turnovers. And all of that stuff is a description of Caleb Woodson. So he's a guy that we're all excited about. He's a guy that we're looking to make an early impact for us. And he's another guy that's a leader. He's another guy that's a captain. And he's another guy that's going to cause other good players to come play with him just because of his presence there in Northern Virginia. Now, saying there's another guy that, that Joe I know is excited about, uh, Lance Williams. I got the chance to meet him at the wrestling meet of all places, the duel against Missouri. His family and him sat beside me. And uh, I didn't realize that kid was a state champion wrestler too. And that's important because when you play an offensive line, I mean, you got to win your individual assignment as well. And in wrestling, that's what you obviously have to do as well. So it's exciting to have somebody, anyone, Mr. Tennessee. It's exciting to have somebody like that coming on in a position that we're going to need people at. No doubt about it. I think when you think about that, what you just said, here's a guy that's an offensive lineman that gets Mr. Football in the state of Tennessee. Uh, that says enough about him in itself. I mean, I don't know if I've seen many offensive linemen, as good as they may be, get those awards. You know, it's just like you don't see a lot of defensive guys get the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> you know, it's just very rare that you see that. So that tells you a lot about him. But I think Lance has an abundance of state championship rings in wrestling and football. You know, he's a versatile athlete, all-around athlete, you know, has a great personality. He was one of the first guys that uh, we targeted and, and been to campus many, many times, and Lance really did a good job of helping us to assemble and hold this class together. You know, it's crazy. I was talking to Thomas Williams, you know, just asking him about roommates, and I'm naturally trying to pair him off with um, one of the cheetahs, and he said somebody might want to live with Lance, and I was like, kind of scratched my head a little bit, like, okay, but whatever, but obviously him and Lance have established a good relationship, and that just tells you the type of young man Lance is. I am a huge fan of offensive linemen that wrestle just I think it's a key you see a lot of the guys that are in the NFL they're offensive linemen that have wrestling backgrounds so is that part of what you all look, looked at when you saw Lance Williams well yeah you always want to look at um, players that play multiple sports but I think anytime you talk about somebody that wrestles you automatically have to think toughness you have to think nastiness you have to think these are guys that 
know how to deal with and handle adversity. And that's what you want. Um, you know, that's a tough position to play offensive line, defensive line. And you've got guys that have to battle and ram each other every single play. So you want somebody that like that <laughs> and guys that don't like contact, don't wrestle. So, you know, this is a guy that likes contact and he likes to be physical and he's a tough kid. Actually, when it comes to that whole Tennessee leg, shout out Sean Quinn, man. Man sleeps in his car, you know. <laughs> I don't really know if he does not, but I feel like it. Um, just, you know, Chance Fitzgerald, Aiden Green, you know, just getting some just dogs from from that, that area has been incredible, especially Chance and Aiden. Um, in the wide receiver room, they're going to they're gonna bring something that we need, you know, so – it was definitely exciting to see you, you guys recognize where it was needed because when you came in, everything was a mess. You had a whole year to, re- to figure out, all right, this is what shape our current roster is actually in. And then you actually went out and did something about it. And that was super impressive to us because um, you guys just went above and beyond doing your job. And we know that, the groundwork that was laid with this class because I've been calling this class special and people call me crazy because they're not all highly rated. You know, it's a bunch of, we got a bunch of three-star kids. Like if you star watch, that's fine. Um, that's cool. But for me, just like hearing you talk about the kids and hearing coach pride, talk about the kids and hearing, uh, the ones that rock trained when they were young, talk about the kids and then just like seeing how they interact with everybody on social media and they're recruiting other kids to come in. Um, they're real active. And uh, I met Dante at the women's game and I met his mom and his mom was awesome. Like, I just think this class is going to be special. It's going to be way more special than people think, in my opinion. I, I agree. I mean, I, I look at it and um, we're overjoyed that we got every single last one of these guys. And these are guys we targeted and, you know, we had other guys wanting to come here. <laughs> we really did that people don't know about. But we felt really, really good about the guys that uh, we have. Um, and I'm a coach. I've been coaching for a long time. So I don't get into the stars. I mean, because I don't even know where a lot of that stuff comes from. There's so many things that you got to measure as a coach when you're evaluating a guy that has nothing to do with how fast he can run or how hard he can hit. You know, the things we talked about earlier, you know, being a captain, being a leader, those are things that you win with uh, that people don't measure. You know, what type of program the kid comes from, how he's been coached. Um, Is he an excuse maker? You know, is he a selfish person? Is he a finger pointer? These are things that you have to evaluate as a coach, and it takes time to do it. Uh, You have to be able to observe these things. You have to be able to ask these questions. And what ultimately comes down to is when you put your time, effort, and energy into finding out all the things that you can't see on a huddle film, that's ultimately what you're going to be judged on. Because if you don't do this research and you don't find these guys, these are going to be the guys that leave your program because you try to coach them hard. Or these are going to be the guys that leave your program because things aren't going the way that they want them to. You find out these things on the front end and you know guys are built to endure um, adversity. You know guys like to compete. That's one of the biggest you can mistakes you can make um, as an evaluator is not knowing whether a guy embraces competition or not. You know, guys that don't like competition are going to be flight risk, you know, especially in the world of the transfer portal. Guys that are worried about who else you're recruiting, guys that are worried about who else you're bringing in, 
you know, when you get to the NFL, you can't go ask the general manager. They're going to bring in some more guys through the draft. You have to keep your job. You have to earn your job. And you have to be built that way to even get to that level. So we're going to bring guys in on the collegiate level that are built that way. And that's going to only make us better because of the type of people that we're bringing in. You know, when you talk about stars, I've got, I think, maybe five guys from Duke that are playing the NFL and none of them were four or five stars. But they were leaders. They were captains. And they're still in that league because of who they are. And there was a lot of guys probably drafted ahead of them that aren't in the league because who they're not. So I think you have to be uh, very thorough in what you're looking for. Uh, You have to have a DNA as a coaching staff of what you want to build it around. And you all have to be on the same page. You know, you talk about Sean Quinn. Quinn does an excellent job of all the things we just talked about. You know, great relationships with coaches, uh, great relationships with um, people in town so he can find these things out. And, And the guy loves the work. You know, I'm the defensive recruiting coordinator and Quinn's that guy that comes to you every week wanting to know if he can go out on the road during the season to recruit, you know, just willing to do it. And these are things that we did during the season when nobody realized it. You know, we played Old Dominion and Fontel and I were in the schools in the 757 uh, the very next week, you know, even though we lost that ball game because you have to be. And, you know, we're going out um, Friday nights before games coming in just establishing a lot of the relationships, finding out a lot of these uh, details that I've just talked to you guys about so that we could put this class together. Not only this class, we're already working on the class uh, for next year and the year after as well. And you have to be able to do that if you're going to be in this position that's planned to be successful. The intangibles always show up in the win-loss column. And Coach, I think you and the staff have a lot of those yourself. And I just want to tell you all, thank you for the work you've done and that you did a great job, Coach. Hey, man, we've just begun. Just getting started, baby. Man, that's a fact. Uh, i tell you one thing. When people ask me what's it like to hang out with Coach Cheetah, I tell them that what they see on Twitter is not an act. This man is always on. He is who he is. This is him. It's 1,000% authentic, and it's 1,000% electric. (laughs) Hey, man, I only know one way to be. I've been this way since I was a kid, and I don't see myself change. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Well, we we appreciate it 1,000%. Well, it's all all personality. Personality is a big part of recruiting. Uh, Personality is a big part of coaching, man. You've got to have a certain personality for kids to want to come play for you. And you've got to have a certain personality for kids to continue to want to play for you uh, when they get here. And um, I'm a very open and honest guy. I'm a straightforward guy. But again, I like to recruit guys that don't mind honesty. Um, and if you don't like honesty, you're probably not going to jail well with me because I don't know one way to be. I learned from my father a long time ago, but there's only one way to tell the truth and you tell it. And uh, fortunately, I work for a guy who's a good friend of mine who shares those values. You know, we like to have hard, honest conversations because that's the things that build men. You know, when you can look a guy in the eye and tell him he's not good enough or that wasn't good enough and he embraces it and he says, okay, uh, what can I do to get better? You don't want a guy that you tell something's not good enough and he throws his hands up in the air or he makes an excuses or he mumbles up on his breath because it's going to be hard for us to win with guys that don't like criticism or uh, critical instruction. And so you better recruit those things on the front end, and that's what we're trying to do. Well, Coach, thanks for doing just that yourself, recruiting all, all these guys on the front end. 
having a great class. And thanks for just taking the time to even talk with Dan and I, man. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you guys have been great. Um, the entire Hokie Nation fan base has been great for us. And that's one of the things I want everybody to understand, uh, how much of a role you guys do play in what we do. Um, positivity um, is something that we need to be able to get to where we want to go. And there's no larger voice than the voice of the media. There's no larger voice than social media in itself. And when we're trying to recruit guys and we're telling guys how great of a place Virginia Tech is, we need to have positive things out there on the airways for them to see. I can remember being at another institution once trying to get a young man to come visit. And the mom told me very clearly that she loved me, but every time she goes to the school's website, all she sees is negativity. And she didn't think that was a place she wanted her son. Well, that ruined everything I had done right there. And there was nothing I could do to change it because that was her opinion of the fan base and the institution. So all of that little stuff matters, you know, because we live in a world of perception, you know. So I appreciate everybody at Virginia Tech in a, being aligned with us. I think probably one of the most beautiful things um, this year for us and one of the things that was the reason that we signed a lot of these young men that we signed was despite the fact that we didn't have a great year, when kids came to visit us this year in Lane Stadium, Lane Stadium looked like a special place. You know, whether it was the Georgia Tech game, whether it was the West Virginia game, Boston College game, you know, our people showed up and they were there. And even in the end, they were there and they were still supporting us. So we need more of that. We need to continue upon that. And that needs to be contagious. I don't care if you've got five followers. I don't care if you've got 50 followers or 5,000. You never know who's watching and you never know what they're looking for. So if you support Hokie Nation, support Hokie Nation because we need you and we appreciate you. I mean, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Derek Batita Jones, defensive backs coach for Virginia Tech, helping us run down signing day here. Coach, thanks for everything, man. We really appreciate you. I appreciate you guys for having me on. It's a great yeah. time to be a Hokie. Go, yes, sir. Go, Hokies.